Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. My name is Sergio. I'm your host. I'm here with your other host. Jeff. Also Sergio. Oh, t- yes. No, it's, it's Jeffio. No, 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 no. Can, no. can I just start calling you Jeffrey? No. Oh, no, no. That's a, is that a hard no? That's a hard no. Really? Yeah. Is, is is it is it because your name's not Jeffrey or you just don't like the name Jeffrey? Correct. Both of those? Correct. Wait, you're you're kidding. Yes. No. What? Moving forward. <laughs> okay, Jeff. Yeah, okay. So we're a TMNT podcast. Uh if this is your first episode, I I don't I don't think that's going to be a thing, but if this is your first episode, welcome. Enjoy yourself. Uh, and if you have a chance, uh, subscribe to us on our social feeds. Uh, I always forget to mention that at the top of the show, which is apparently where we're supposed to mention it, because that's where everyone is, you know, still listening. Usually when we mention it, it's at the very end. And by that time, anyone who isn't interested in the main topic has already tuned out. Maybe. 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 But just to be on the safe it, side. Sandwich it right in between. Just like, hey, by the way, if yeah, you haven't. Just, we're everywhere. Just 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 put it up top. Hey, yeah. yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. And what's that new one that they just like just launched today? What's it called? Threads. Threads. Check we out our th- threads. We, we have a thread. Oh, um, snap. The image of the turtles from Rise all in snazzy threads. Do it. Uh, OK. All right. Yes. All right. Check out our threads. Check, check out our threads. Uh, oh, yeah. Assuming oh, yeah. assuming people care about that 48 hours from now, these new uh, social networks, they disappear within a week a lot of times. So if you're listening to this two years from now and threads is a joke, you're welcome. Um, yeah. Let's let's just jump directly into what's in our box. What's actually no. What's what's the first segment, Jeff? Now is the time for seeing what is in the box of bodaciousness. Fantastic. Let's see. Uh, did you have anything? Surprisingly, I did. Oh, Jeff. What is it? Well, well, you know, I got something supposed to show up tomorrow, but I'm not going to talk about that until next time. Because, you know, we want to space it out. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I didn't think that I would be able to get these. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know. And... I saw a listing, which I sent to you, and I was like, you know what? Let me just uh, – screw it. Let me do it. I managed to snag the uh, Mirage TMNT 4-pack uh, Lawson Turtles. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how they've uh, – the name that they've been given by the internet dudes, uh, the, the Lawson-style Turtles. Yeah. Which is like, – it, it's actually say, like – Phase one Lawson. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever make it to like phase four Lawson. So I don't I, I think we're fine just saying Lawson for now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also got a four pack of those. Nice. And they're glorious. They're beautiful, beautiful figures. Absolutely breathtaking. Now, I'd ordered mine from Target and I was like, you know, you're always worried about ordering stuff online is it going to get here okay and sometimes you know it looks like a demolished loot crate 
sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but I was very fortunate that mine came. Oh, I was like, I, I looked out on the doorstep. I was like, that is a, why is that box the size of Gary Coleman? What is in that box? Oh, it's such, such a timely reference. I, well, you know, <laughs> a timely person. Um, I get this thing and I was like, oh man, okay. I didn't think they were going to be, the box was going to be that huge. So open up. And like you said, they are absolutely breathtaking. Like that's definitely my favorite style uh, of, of, of Lawson's uh, before. I'm not really a, a fan of his later stuff. Um, design wise, because what yeah. he, he was mirroring uh, layered. Yes. Yeah. He, he was just kind of, kind of trying to make it seem, in universe at the, at that point. And it, it, it's definitely peak Lawson. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the city of not city of war, the um, return to New York run, which is clearly what they're, what they're, you know, pulling from here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I got mine. I got mine. Not, sh- not shipped to the store, but like, Hey, it's in stock at the store. You can order it and then pick it up. And that's, that's what I did. Right. And mine was in pretty good shape too. Good. Yeah. Um, and there was also a chance to order Toon April. And I thought, oh, they'll both ship together. Nope. Mine is delayed. And I had to uh, go into the website and approve the wait on the delay. Um, so fingers crossed they're going to get more back in. And we'll get it. That because, would be nice. Because what happened to you recently? with um trying to trying to get one because i sent you a link you did you sent me a link and i jumped on it immediately because i was like hey tune april you know i have the original tune april but this new one technically does look a little better mm-hmm. and it's an ultimate figure it's it's you know it's 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 a proper april that we you know we've been waiting for uh i hit order i ordered it through uh target it was supposed to be at our local target which is like a f- seven minute drive from me and uh, within the hour, they said, hey, sorry, it's out of stock. Here are your options. And it, and it gave me like the option to switch it to the other local store, which is like 15 or about 20 minutes away. Yeah. And I was like, OK, I, I, I'm going to be up there anyway next week. Let me just send it to the North Jackson store. And then within an hour, they said, sorry, canceled. Yeah. So. Uh, who I knows? mean, that's either it's there or it's not, or someone's too lazy to go in the back and check. It could be any number of those things. Yeah, yeah. I have yet to see one of those things in person. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen a lot of the other new figures. I've seen the giant new Napoleon uh, Bonafrog. I, I, like, th- stuff is hitting stores, but I have not seen the four-pack or April in person Outside of the, you know, the one that they pulled for me. Yeah. And I've been to like four different targets in the past week and a half. So. Oh, wow. Hey, uh, let's see. What else did I, what, what did I get, Jeff? Yeah. What did you get, Sergio, besides what I also got? I got a, I think we've actually talked about this before. Uh, Jim Lawson, he, a few years ago, released a Turtles fan comic uh, called TMNT 2030. And it was like it was a Kickstarter reward for his series Box City Wallops. 
And it was like, if we get to this level, then everyone will get a team in T2030, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he f- that was just part one. Uh, apparently, he always meant it to be like a like a three part thing. And so he finally finished it and he is now selling it at Comic Cons that he is going to is that he's signing at. Well, uh, kind of through word of mouth, I learned that you can order it directly from him. You just have to reach out via email and and, and reference. Hey, I want a copy of TMNT 2030. And so I reached out. And he emailed me back and said, send me 30 bucks and it's yours. I sent him 30 bucks and he shipped it to me. Uh, they're all numbered and signed. I got number 31 of 100. Uh, I, if, if you're if you follow us on Instagram, you can definitely see you know, my copy. This is a really cool piece because. Calling Jim, a Jim Lawson written and drawn comic a fan comic is kind of insulting but i do understand that it has to be a fan comic you know if it's not endorsed by nickelodeon mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of the closest thing we're going to get to anything in volume four you know yeah because uh, because he did do all the art in volume four and this feels like a volume four story uh, i i figure we'll cover it this year in our uh our uh fan fiction fest feast feast on it later this year it, it, but it's really cool it's really cool i i don't know if he has any left as i said there's all this says there's only a hundred of them so who knows i mean hey if they prove to be super popular maybe he could do more maybe but, but of course he does too many you know he'll raise the ire of one nickelodeon and then yeah. you know he'll get some cease and desistises and then there's a problem so no, well, nobody just, want that yeah, let's hope it f- flies under the radar. So go buy one, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> you didn't hear it from us. No, no, we didn't send you that way. Mom's uh, your word. The other things that I got, which I got a, a bunch of, uh, I actually saw the Mutant Mayhem pop figures at the Target. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, not all of them. Uh, I was able to pull four of them. I got Leo, Donnie splinter and Raphael. very cool. uh yeah there's only like six of them or seven of them so i got i got most of them um it, you know, at least the standard pop figures i also got the giant leo which is is a really good looking dude he it's he's a weird green yeah they're all kind of a, a funky more of like a neony green and i i i kind of dig it yeah, yeah, it is. They're kind of kind of weird looking, but that's fine. Uh, I also got some of the Playmates Mutant Mayhem figures. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, was able to track down uh, from Amazon. I pre-ordered them. Uh, let's see. Leo, Raph, Donnie, Bebop, Rocksteady, Leatherhead, and what's his name? Superfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so the the only ones that I really need are Mikey, Splinter, and April. Those those are the the that that's going to be what I buy from that line. I've got to cut myself off. I mean, yeah, I mean you got so much. Yeah. So look, I'm I'm picking and choosing. I'll get all four turtles, um, and definitely Master Splinter, um, at least. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Before the movie hits, because. It might get a little crazy. 
like I don't even know if these figures are going to last that long in stores. Like our target had them for like 48 hours. Oh, wow. And when I was when I was there yesterday or the day before, it's one of those two. They uh, only had the turtle tots. That's it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everything else was sold out. So I who knows? Who knows how many waves of these are going to hit stores? Uh, the, the one thing that I, I apparently we, we just learned is that it may be manufacturing errors or, or what, but there's three different Raphaels. Say what? Yeah, he's got there's three different belt variants where like huh. one of them, it's a solid brown and one of them's like brown with like gold trim or something or like you could, the, the buckle is actually colored like there's three three different belts that's kind of cool no it's not because you want all three exactly yeah yeah you're just feeding my psychosis it, so yeah, like, yeah. One of those weird things and 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 like these these aren't variants that are supposed to exist i'm sure it's just a manufacturing thing where one one where or, or one one plant did them wrong and now there's three different versions or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. it, it bugs me. It bugs me. Uh but that's that's what I got this time, Jeff. Uh what's our, what's what's up next, Jeff? Now is the time for the secret of the news. We have a lot of news. We do. Where do you want to start? Uh I'll let you take it. Okay, well, let's let's uh, arguably the biggest news. Um, we have new character posters for the movie characters, and while most of it is already known quantities, there are a few nuggets of newness in here. Uh, we finally get to see both Baxter Stockman and Cynthia Utram, mm-hmm. and. Fan theories have sprang up out of both of those. Uh, we get nice big shots of Genghis Frog, Ray Filet, Leatherhead, Wingnut, uh, Mondo Gecko, Bebop, Rocksteady, Superfly, April, Splinter, and th- the most surprising one is Scumbug. Hmm. Not that it's not surprising that he's in it. It's, it's not really surprising that they released a poster, but the fact that it says voiced by himself, Scumbug huh. is playing Scumbug. Interesting. Yeah, which tells me he's not going to have any actual speaking lines. He's just going to make grunty bug noises, which I'm fine with. Yeah, maybe. Just really depends on how funny it is. Yeah. Uh, I And I, I know... There wasn't really any speculation as to whether or not that character was Scumbug. It was very obvious that it was Scumbug, but they never actually said his name in the marketing until they released these posters. Right. So it's just it's good to know that we all were right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into fan theories because if they end up being right, I don't want to have spoiled the movie before it was released. That's very nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I'm. Because we talked about this, I'm not happy with Baxter's design, like at really? all. I mean, especially since you have, you know, was it Carlos Esposito? Esp- 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 Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. 
um, doing, uh, you know, his voice. And he looks like freaking Max Electro from Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. I was like, why is there an incessant need to make the smart people and just the, you know, the nerds look gross? You know, I, I'm so used to the IDW Baxter, used to the 2K3 Baxter, even the goofy, nerdy uh, 2K12 Baxter. Um, you know, this was our one chance to get, you know, like a, not a debonair looking black Baxter, but you know what I mean? Like, why, why, why? Um, I, obviously it, it depends on how they use them in the movie. Um, yeah. I don't mind the design. I kind of love it uh, th- because he he is definitely giving off mad scientist vibes. Well, yeah, but still. And and ba- Baxter Stockman at 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 his core is very much a mad scientist. And the, the the only thing that really makes him stand out from other just kooky mad scientists is how arrogant he is. Yeah. And if they're not playing his character as arrogant, then th- this design I'm fine with it. You know, uh, because of some of the fan theories, I feel like I feel like this could go a, a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I, you're right. It is a weird design, but I, it doesn't turn me off. You know, it's yeah. it, it's <laughs> it's better than Medea playing Baxter Stockman. Uh, yes, I will absolutely give you that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so there's that. Um, anything else on those before we move on? No. Okay. Uh, then let's just run down the list here. The, so San Diego Comic-Con is coming up, and so is the new movie. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Playmates decides we're going to release the coolest-looking version of the Turtles in the coolest-looking boxes of the Turtles from this new movie. Uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, where no one's ever going to see them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... The, the four turtles are getting a limited release via the Comic-Con, and they're in these fancy, cool... Uh, graffitied boxes, and all the figures have an, an extra paint wash on them to, to, to really accentuate their, their, their muscles and the art style of the movie... It's they really do feel like the peak version of these these figs, and it infuriates me that I'm probably never going to see one of those in my hand. I mean, I get it because I'm not a fan of exclusives. You know, I think everybody should be able to get stuff that they want. And, you know, those boxes do look really freaking cool like just street art and that's why one of the the many things i i love about the look of the new movie it has that that spray paint neon slash street chalk you know just vibe uh to it um even my michelangelo probably looks like the most psychopathic one (laughs) in in this like you open up the box and there's like this little black um casing inside and so it just looks like like hey guys you want some pizza i was like no 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 thank you i'm good <laughs> yeah pepperoni on it no well no no yeah hey this uh, yeah when i saw these i was i was very mad uh, like like i 
I am fine with exclusives, but exclusives should not be the best version of something. Yeah. The best version of something should go to the masses. Your weird esoteric versions of it should be released at the Comic-Con, like the black and white version or the glow in the dark version or the sparkly paint version, you know? Yeah. Because a limited number of people are going to want those weird versions of things. These look amazing, and the 17 dudes who actually go to Comic-Con and want to buy figures are going to get them. Yeah. And yeah. they're going to buy multiples if they let them. Yeah. So they'll pop up on eBay for twice the price. If we're lucky, twice the price. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it moving. More Mutant Mayhem stuff. Uh, hey, is hey Jeff, Jeff, is there is there an AMC theater near you? I wish there was, Sergio, because I would be enjoying some Mutation Ices. Yeah. So it's not only Ices, but also just regular sodas. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can add Pop Rocks to the, they're basically it's Turtles themed drinks at your local AMC theaters, which AMC theaters typically have really neat promotional stuff to, to oh, go yeah. with the movies that come out. Uh, we don't have those around here, and that's kind of it's kind of a bummer. We don't. Uh, looks like you've got Green Apple, uh, Shell Shocker, Icy, uh, Blue Raz. So you just you know. Get your favorite soda and just add Pop Rocks to it. Yeah. 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 That 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 seems good. Yeah. I, I was I was at a Taco Bell the other day and uh Baja I was, Blast. Uh, and I meant to get Baja Blast, but I accidentally got a regular Mountain Dew and I didn't want it and, and I only filled it up like a third of the way, right? And I didn't want to be all wasteful and just pour it down the drain. So I just filled the rest of it up with Baja Blast. Mm-hmm. And it tasted fine. All Mountain Dew is kind of the same, but the color green that it was, the best way to describe it is mutagen green. Yeah. So com- com- combining the two. Yeah, combining the two gave it almost like an iridescent glow. It was kind of creepy. I mean, your insides are going to glow at some point from all oh, that. Well, Dew. I drank it anyway, so. Yeah, it is the arguably the best flavor of Mountain Dew. Baja Blast? Yeah. Oh, I I can I can get on that train. Yeah. Yeah, like that's of course you, if we're if we're living in a world that, you know, code red doesn't exist. Well, tr- true. Do they sell Baja Blast in stores or is it just uh, a Taco Bell thing? I've seen it in like 20 ounces. I don't think I've seen it in 2 liters, but that that's all regional. Like there's all kinds yeah. of weird versions of Mountain Dew across the country. But we're way off topic. Let's we keep are. Let's keep it going. Speaking of soda, Jeff, uh, the psychos over at Funko are releasing another series of Ninja Turtles soda figures. They're from the Mutant Mayhem movie, and they are, as usual, super adorable. And they come in little soda cans, and they're they're nice and tall and skinny, and I'll probably be getting those too. You can pre-order them right now. I think they're like twenty bucks a piece. Uh, and if it's anything like the originals or, or like the other soda stuff that comes out, they are like a limited run. Like they they make a finite amount, and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, there's a one in six chance of getting a uh, a chase. What do the chases look like? You know? I don't know. 
I, I don't. I probably like glow in the dark or some something. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I guess go check those out. Go buy those or don't. You you probably already know if you want those. Yeah. Uh, there's still more mutant mayhem stuff coming in. Uh, like what is it getting licensed? Like everything is getting licensed, and I, I mean everything, people. Yeah, yeah. Like there's 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 pizza. There's a new Monopoly game. There's uh, what is it? Pizza Hut has Ninja Turtles on their pizza boxes right now. The Big New Yorker. Uh, yeah, yeah. And probably the most egregiously lazy one that I've seen is Fruit Ninja Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I I looked at a gameplay demo of Fruit Ninja Ninja Turtles, and it's just Fruit Ninja with a with a New York nighttime background and it doesn't even look, look like you can pick your weapons. It looks like it's in it doesn't look like any of their weapons. It looks like a flute. <laughs> when no, you that, see it in that, motion. That looks like Donatello's bow. Yeah, I'm like bows can't chop stuff in half. Yeah, right. Right. It, yeah, it's it's so dumb. The best crossover they ever did was with Ghostbusters. I and you can't get that anymore. I never upgraded that on my old phone. <laughs> That's that that is very much a Jeff thing to do. Yeah, because I'm like, hey, because this will go away. You know, it's anything licensed. You know, it doesn't stick around forever because I got to keep paying for that license. So it'll be around for maybe a couple of months or. However yeah. long, it'll go back to something else. Unless it's a download thing that you can purchase and acquire. Yeah. Then that's something a little different. Moving forward. Giant Michelangelo's coming. Oh, yeah! Finally! Yeah, they're only doing like one of these a year, but the, the giant cartoon Michelangelo uh, from NECA, the, the one-fourth one scale. Uh, yeah, he looks great. He does. I mean, they all look the same. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, literally, when you look, if you put all of them together, just like, oh, we just changed the paint up a little bit, and maybe change the mouth a little. Yeah, I, I would love to like look at all of the mouths available for these turtles and see if there's any variance between turtles. Wouldn't it be funny though if they just again, it's just let's just all repaint all of this. Just you know. just just a palette swap and then a, a a letter swap on the belt and say, Here's hey, a, look at yeah. what we did. Exactly. Yeah. Do you plan on getting this Michelangelo? Maybe. I gotta. Maybe. I gotta get rid of some stuff. Um. <laughs> yeah. It. He's gonna retail. He retails at one twenty. Yeah. I've got like the currently the only big figs I have are the '90s figures because I'm like, oh, they're probably never gonna make small ones. And well, I I lost that bet. <laughs> oh yeah, they did release those big first. Yeah. I forgot about that. Let's see what's next. We're we're burning through right right through this news. More action figure news. Let's talk about best action or the loyal subjects. Yeah, they have really really enjoyed having the turtles license, and uh, I I we're all having to pay the price. Yeah, yeah, we get uh we're getting Toka and Razor from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know different variants on the IDW turtles for San Diego because I'm like eh that's, that's fine yeah um 
they're they're releasing some chibi stuff, uh, which doesn't look great. They they finally revealed the the limited edition IDW styled turtles with the motorcycles, which is just real dumb. I'm so glad I was able to buy those without the motorcycles. Yeah. I still don't know if they're going to look as good in person as they do in pictures, but we'll see. Uh, the Toka and Razart that that they're releasing, I think this is San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, but it's based on the arcade game. Yeah. Or Turtles in Time, whichever game they were in. Yeah. Turtles in Time. Um, yeah. And then the like the the big one, the big one is a uh, Super Shredder. Don't you mean Gene Simmons? I don't think he looks like Gene Simmons, man. A little bit. He uh, let's let's talk about this. Since when does Super Shredder have green fire powers? I mean, he'd been eating too many uh, Hostess uh, uh, pudding pies. Maybe I, this figure doesn't look great and doesn't make sense and is non-canonical and. I already don't like Super Shredder, so I've got nothing for this little dude. Eh, it's fine. It's been a very long time since we talked about the secret of the use. But did we mention that Mutagen sh- is not supposed to mutate metal? Hey, look. Is that a thing that we talked it's, about? I don't know if we did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, it, everyone who apply... listens to the show knows how my opinion on Super Shredder. So this isn't a secret. You're trying to apply logic to a franchise that literally blew up a building by filling all of it with water. But that was a cartoon, Jeff. Still. Still. <sighs> Come on. Let's OK, let's talk about these these leaks yeah, kind of as a palate cleanser. Uh, so somebody found on some retailers website a bunch of skews of loyal subjects figures that have not been announced yet. And some of them are very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looks like if, if these are to be believed, which typically they can be, if they're at a a retailer's website, uh, it looks like they are dipping even farther into the IDW bucket to pull out some pretty cool things. We've got a, uh, a Jenica figure coming, supposedly, allegedly, uh, a a metalhead from IDW, uh, Rat King, Rocksteady, Foot Ninja, like a, a these are all presumably from the IDW series. Bonnie, oh, what is Bonnie? Who is Bonnie's character? Yeah, Bonnie is. A, I, I recognize the name. I don't recognize the story associated with it, but Alopex. Hey now. And like, that's exciting. Like Jenica's never gotten a figure before. Alopex has never gotten a figure before. So they're breaking new ground here. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, that I didn't know about those. Uh, I, I had seen some smattering, uh, of the other figures, but I'm like, Hey now, uh, we might be needing an Alopex figure. Because, you know, like, foxes are my favorite animal. Yeah. And she's one of my favorite characters. I was like, I need that on my desk. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so weird seeing these things actually be a thing. 
but the question is which version will it be like i'm i'm really hoping it's in the style of my favorite idw artist so the gamble yep uh hmm, that's that's a good question oh please best action hear me hear my please like in this list is bludgeon bludgeon like that's like a third tier enemy i mean they're swinging for the fences man you really are i like bludgeon that's not me trying to to you know poo poo on it on him at all but you know there will be entire story arcs where he doesn't even show up yeah yeah i dig it i dig it uh, I, I don't know how any of these look. We don't know if technically if any of these are real, but I will be excited to see what they look like when when they when and if they are announced. Yeah. OK. More Funko news. A few years ago. It's actually been quite a while. Uh, they, they had a whole run of mystery minis uh, for the Ninja Turtles. They had kind of a like a really snazzy design on the originals. Look them up. They're, they're really cool. Uh, they're doing another run of those, which is like a, like tiny two inch figure blind boxes. I think it's about two inches, two or three. And they're, they're not like action figures. They are like little figurines. And these are all based on the original cartoon and they look really cartoony. Yeah, they do. I kind of, I kind of dig them. Um, uh, let me pull that up here. I really like Baxter. Like he just—he's got the gut. <laughs> it's just you know, I don't think I've seen one look that close. I never say as close to the uh, the cartoon. Um, I like Krang <laughs> and his Bubble Walker. I like Casey. Um, yeah. these are, you know, these are these are fun. I'd you know I'd get a couple of boxes of these and just kind of. See what I get. I'd probably end up getting like four four shredders. That that's exactly what would happen. You know. Yeah. I, like I'll get these. I'm not gonna blind box any of these. Yeah. Wait. Like, how can I, you not? Since they're already random. No, you just you wait until someone buys them on the internet and then sells them. Oh, or maybe yeah. they're barcode specific. No, they're definitely not bar, bar, barcode. No, super rando. Yeah. No, you just buy the figures once they're opened. Yeah, well, I, uh-uh. I'm not going to chance anything. Like they had those for uh, Tiny Toons, and I think maybe some mix some Animaniac stuff in there, and they had a Freakazoid one. And I'm like, what? Because we don't have Freakazoid merch. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to buy a whole bunch of these. Just to... No, just, again, eBay it, man. Just buy yeah. the one you want. Don't yeah. fall for their antics. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> I'm not wrong. Oh. Uh, let's see. What's next? Space Usagi is coming. Yes. Stan Sakai teased kind of on his social medias, uh, you know, some revealing uh, uh, an image reveal. And so he would do, I think, one image a day or something like that. Um, and I was like, that's really cool. It's black and white and pre-orders are already sold out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, this is this is how they did the original Usagi figure, you know, the the original black and white one. There was there was the uh, the deluxe edition that comes with like a, you know, a, a, a 
a signature and some sort of art card or something yes yeah. or a slip case you know just just some, something that allows him to charge tw- almost three times as much for it which i mean you know i get it it's one man doing all of this and so you know yeah yeah dude i do it again I, i'm fine with exclusive stuff this is clearly going to be available in target at some point at a later date yeah the standard yeah, maybe a, a standard colored, maybe colored version. Yeah. Uh, and and like the th- the thing about Usagi is like I love the design of Usagi. Mm-hmm. He is a cool looking little rabbit dude. I just yeah. wished I liked the stories he was in better. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't think I like any of them. Maybe revisit it. You never know. We we visited it recently. Not the comic issues. Yeah, we did. Like his standalones. Oh, no, I don't read. I'm not going to read his standalone comics. Well, there you go. The only comics I read are Ninja Turtles, Jeff. I'm not going to be a traitor. Hey, look. You can you can read whatever you want. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Coming so, soon, so, the Usagi cast, folks. You heard it here first. Oh God, there's no way I would commit to that. So a few years ago. This dude released a book, Andrew Farago, Farago, uh, that's titled The Ultimate Visual History of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's a wonderful, like, love letter to Ninja Turtles design. It has all kinds of weird knickknacks and trinkets built into the book. It's It's a really unique experience, and if you haven't read it, I suggest you do so. But not until next year... When an updated version, revised and expanded, will be released in April. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's going to include art from Rise, uh, The Last Ronin, and Mutant Mayhem. Very cool. So it's 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 literally going to bring it all the way up to date. Uh, the, the the book already covers everything from the you know the Mirage days up until the. Um, the the Michael Bay movies, yeah, like that. That's how that's how in depth he goes. But I I, I guess if you want to read it without getting the updated one, I'm sure this old one is going to drop in price very quickly because it's presumably it will include all of the information from the original book. Uh, it's also going to have interviews with Vanilla Vanilla Ice and Fred Wolf. Oh, very cool. I hope not at the same time. I don't. I can't imagine having both of those dudes in a room together. I don't know. <laughs> we find out Fred Wolf is a huge Vanilla Ice fan. Could be. I mean, he has Vanilla Ice is the figure's coming. It's got to be. Don't don't no don't don't put that into the universe. We don't need that. Backup singers sold separately. We don't. We it's that's going to be the next Loot Crate exclusive. Uh, if Loot Crate was you know still a thing. It is technically you can still buy loot crates. Ugh, they, but does anybody want to anymore? They will allow you to give them money for things. Whether or not you get it a year from now, two years from now, blah blah blah. <laughs> right. Uh yeah. Yeah. Don't 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 make that a thing. We don't we don't need a vanilla ice figure. Hey, ice is nice. Leave me alone. <laughs> we don't need one. Uh, tell me about this Shredder's Revenge stuff. So 
speaking of Usagi, uh, they had an interview uh, with um, the lead designer. Kind of just a little quick Q&A about what's going on. Um, and so it's they wanted to do something that was more than just like a level pack. So for 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 the DLC, so it's you know it's a new game mode, um, and it you know it's it's teasing that it'll bring a you know uh, to quote uh, new and exciting gameplay experience outside the base game um, that aims to be more replayable, um, and like Usagi was like their most requested character, um, of course. You know, characters. We don't know who else they're going to announce. I'm thinking the Punk Frogs, maybe. I'd like to see Rex One. Uh, of course, my boy Metalhead. I'd love to play uh, as. Um, and there's, you know, a, a smattering of, you know, Easter eggs and locations, all kind of crazy stuff. And they wanted to pay homage to uh, the Turtles universe. Um, and they asked them, um, you know, what. Would there be further expansions? And they said, yeah, who knows what the future might hold? So I'm thinking we'll, you know, we'll probably get more stuff since it's literally one of the most popular Turtles games on the planet right now. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Because it gets played yeah. a lot at the Warp Zone Arcade, folks. Just saying. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I, I, I don't like how this interview is written. I don't. I, maybe I'm just anal about how stuff is worded and, and whatnot. Um, but I want to know what a new game mode means. Yeah, me too. Cause that, that's, that, that's purposely vague. Yeah. Um, and who knows, it could be something that we both uh, get Sergio down to the arcade and we play together and do a live stream. Hey, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um, but one, uh, another small nitpick, they name drop Usagi Ojimbo as being a Dark Horse Comics character. Yeah, it's published by Dark Horse. It was originally published by Dark Horse. Yeah. But that's it. Just published. Like it, it's 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 not a Dark Horse comic. It's a Stan Sakai comic. Right. I, again, small nitpick. The, the way it's worded in the interview makes it sound like, oh, he's part of the Dark Horse world. Yeah. Well, like, you know, often, you know, when people do these things, they don't get their facts right or do their yeah. research. So, you know. Yeah. Mm. But that is bothersome. Right. Right. That, I think that's it for news, Jeff. Is it? Did, did you have anything else? I mean, we got that Snapchat filter. You can be a Ninja Turtle. Oh, I don't think you did. I see that. I don't think so. Oh no. See, I would have included. I I would have included this in our in our big mutant mayhem rundown of how I seen it. Uh, oh wow, this thing is creepy. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna use this stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he? They look so bad. Sorry, I'm just watching the video. This is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go have fun with this later. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's on Snapchat. It's a filter. It's promotional. I'm sure it'll disappear at some point. So use it now while you can. Yeah. We're we're in the throes of it, man. Like, the turtles are back, baby. Yeah. 
they're they're taking over stores, they're taking over food shelves, they're taking over fast food restaurants, they're taking over the movie theaters. Let's just hope it's a hit. Let's hope it's let's hope it's good. And then on top of that, let's hope it's a hit. I mean, early screenings have been very very positive, and they just wrapped uh, completion on the film. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, yeah. You know, like if it's bad, I hope it bombs. If it's good, I hope it does well. I, I don't want it to be a situation where it's good and bombs. Like I don't. Like, that's worst case scenario. I don't think that'll be the case. I th- I think it'll be a big hit. I don't know if there is a level of good that it can be where it changes people's minds about it. Yeah. There's a lot of people who already have set in stone that they're not going to like it, that they don't like the art style, that they don't like the April, that it's not going to be good. And they could literally, literally release the end game of Turtles movies, and I don't think that those people would be pleased. It's your typical, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Close-mindedness. You know, yeah. and I was like that with Rise. I was like, no, I'm uh-uh. and then I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, oh, I was wrong. I was happy to be wrong. Yeah, because that series was chef kiss. Yeah. So so, so what Give I'm really hoping everybody Give yeah. it a chance. What, what I'm really hoping is that, you know, there's already going to be your detractors that just aren't there aren't going to be on. They aren't going to be on board whatsoever. I'm hoping that the people who want to enjoy it are able to enjoy it. And it brings in a whole new generation of turtle turtle folk. I think it will because, you know, depending upon the iteration, that's someone's first introduction to turtles. So mm-hmm. there's going to be what, you know, second generations of, you know, turtles fans taking their kids to see this for the first time. Yeah. Or, you know, take your nieces, take your nephews. Uh, yeah. Don't kidnap any kids you don't know. I don't. I, well, I don't think anyone was thinking to do that. They might now that you mention it. I mean, you didn't hear that from me. You're not going to kidnap anybody, are you, Jeff? No. Promise to me you're not going to kidnap I'm anybody. not going to kidnap anybody. Okay. If you want to take my kids, though, kidnap, no, thank kidnap you. all of them. No, thank you. I, I know your children. I was informed today about how crazy some of them are. Don't, uh, don't, don't give them food in your car. And you should be fine. Don't feed them after midnight. Oh, man. Uh, I've seen that movie. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> hey, don't. I'm, I'm not held responsible if one of your children comes back with a mohawk. Look, I, as long as they're it away from me for a six-hour period, you can give them whatever haircut you want. Sweet. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that does it for news. Let's. Take our break. And we're back. All right, Jeff. Let's let's get to our main topic, because every every episode we have a main topic. Uh, What's what is it this time? We're diving back into the IDW comic era. That's very right. And it's. Let's see. It hadn't been too long since we, you know, read an IDW comic, so I, I actually kind of remembered where we were in the story. Yeah. Which is, I'm not going to say I'm super forgetful, but it's it's pretty easy for me to be like, what happened last time? Huh? I mean, I'm the same way. I was like, when I started reading, I'm like, 
Oh, wait a minute. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, we read a bunch this time. It was, what, nine issues? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, usually we read eight. This time we read nine. We had to read nine just to kind of fit all of the arcs together properly. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have made sense to leave off one of these. So, so yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Jeff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because because otherwise it would be like it was. It's either read nine or read five. I mean, and that's not horrible. I, yeah, but if, at at five, we would never ever get through this series. Well, that's true. There's like there's a hundred and thirty something issues now, hundred forty issues as of this week. And that doesn't include any of the side books. Yeah. Which there's about 120 or of those as well. Jeez. Yeah. So we read nine. Uh, we started with issue 56, uh, which has an 56, right? Yeah, 56. Yeah, that's where we started. Yeah, yeah. It has an o- ominous picture of an alligator or a crocodile on the cover. I wonder who that could be, Jeff. Mm, well, it ain't a stuck. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, let me do a quick run through of the comic and then we'll talk about it. Uh, the turtles are working with Harold to get sent to Burno Island to deal with some stuff with the Utram. The Rat King and Kitsune are discussing their little game that they have going on. And Jenica, who recently was allowed back into the Foot Clan, even though she tried murdering. Uh, Splinter is now kind of been shamed, but is learning her lesson and re-proving her loyalty. Uh, the Turtles meet up with the Fugitoid, and he explains what's going on with the Utrams, uh, and they're all in stasis tanks, and, and why they're in stasis tanks. Remember from the last time, the Technodrome terraformed Burno Island, so they technically can live there. Uh, we find out that Leatherhead, the crocodile alligator guy, he provided the mutagen that was necessary for Donatello to be saved. We also get a quick backstory on how Leatherhead became a giant mutant, and it goes back to the Turtles in Time miniseries, and we do remember seeing the teaser for Leatherhead back then. So Leatherhead's real old, and apparently he's lived on Burno Island the entire time. Yeah, uh, they're discussing what Utrams are going to wake up. There's one that they decide not to, and that is Shirelle, a name that we're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. They bring all of them back to life using uh, mutagen, not back to life, but, you know, out of stasis using mutagen. And so now the Utrams are awake and some stuff goes down. The very end of the issue, a shadowy figure is seen decapitating the fugitoid and murdering a few of the Utrams. Uh, at this point, we don't know who it is and we really need to because, you know, we kind of like the fugitoid. Yeah. Yeah. So it, this issue is very wordy. There's a lot of exposition, a lot of explaining backstories and why we're doing what we're doing it. I love these kind of issues because it explains stuff. It, it level sets it gives justification for all of the action and story beats that are to follow. What did you think? You know, it's, it just continues to be 
one of my favorite turtles anythings like yeah this run has just taken me by absolute surprise and just it's doing stuff with these characters that's not really been done before with lots of different uh character development beats and just i don't want to say unexpected twists and turns but like it's not your your typical cookie cutter stuff you know they've they've changed enough of you know it's not they've done enough changes to make it interesting but not gotten far away from the core elements uh which you know some franchises and stuff you know do drastically but this is not drastic this is you know I'm trying to think of the word um i would say it they gave, they gave it some more spice <laughs> <laughs> and it's also nice so um yeah. yeah is this is this our first this is our first time seeing no, no, no. This isn't our first time seeing Leatherhead. Uh, well, this is our first real uh, seeing uh, time seeing Leatherhead proper. Like we, we've we got his hand in uh, one of the previous issues when he was handing over the the mutagen, uh, and we got the the preview of hey that you know those that alligator in the water is going to end up be being Leatherhead in Turtles in Time. But this is the first time that we really have some some meat on the bone. Yeah, and yeah. he's got little tiny baby legs. <laughs> what, what what i like is leatherhead's his uh origin is typically always tied to the utrams in some way mm-hmm. you know whether he's a buddy of theirs and he's raised by them or uh, you know what in, in in this case he was accidentally mutated hundreds of years ago and ends up coming to the technodrome where the all of the utrams are like it's it as you said before, it's familiar, but different enough to allow for surprises. Yeah. Do you I, have any I, nuggets before we move on? Uh, um, maybe a little bit. I really liked seeing his origin, uh, Leatherhead's origin, which w- was really cool. Kind of almost uh, like a classic painting style flashback, which I really, uh, I really liked that. Like something that you would find on like a I don't know, uh, maybe a fancy Pirate's Cove type restaurant place, you know, <laughs> with a pirate ship. I'm like, eh, it's a pirate ship. I'm trying to remember, is is Burno Island, is it closed off from everything else, is it, which is why they're having to wear all these, um, like, breathing apparatuses? Uh, Burno Island is, it's an island, but it uh, it was terraformed. So the atmosphere around it is that of utronium. So is it like a closed and enclosed in like a bubble or is that stuff like seeping out into? That is not explained. Okay. See, I'm doing a Sergio thing. I got more questions. Yeah. They don't say it's in a bubble, but I think of it more of like a. Almost like a its own biodome without the actual dome. Or you know, what, what, yeah, like like it's got its own ozone uh-huh. holding all of the, the atmosphere in. OK, but of course, they, they, they're really careful not to go into details because then it's very easy to pick it apart. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's move on to 57. I don't, so, think, that, I don't think there's any nuggets except for the uh, Shrell. And I wouldn't even categorize that as a nugget. Like, that's kind of a story beat. Yeah. Yeah. So our our heroes stumble upon the the uh, aftermath of the fugitoid murder and the other Utrams being, you know, slaughtered. And they're pretty, pretty shaken up. Uh, it becomes pretty apparent pretty quickly that they'll be able to save the fugitoid because he is a robot. Uh, but the mystery stands as to who did the murder in. Uh, the Utrams, having just come out of stasis... And being very confused as to what's going on, they're wondering where Krang is. Uh, why haven't they, you know, de- defrosted Shirelle yet? Uh, why are there dead Utrams here? Who are you green dudes? Why is that robot guy's head detached? They have a lot of questions, and the turtles are settled with having to explain them. The uh, Leatherhead's like, I think I know who might have done this. I saw a fire outside. And I didn't think twice of it, but since this has happened, we need to go check it out. And he lures, lures, that's the wrong word, but it's the right word, but it's the wrong word right now. Yeah, Mikey and Leo, away from the other turtles and the Utrams, and they give us an explanation as to why Shirelle was not uh, taken out of stasis, and it's because he is guilty of the same war crimes that Krang is currently in jail for. And so they... Left him in stasis, no big deal. Everyone kind of understands, but that is going to be a problem that they are going to have to deal with. They stumble upon some rock soldiers that uh, are still there from, you know, the Krang army. There's an action sequence, and then we close the the issue with Leatherhead saying he has another admission he needs to make, which is suggesting exactly what we already think it's suggesting that he is the one who murdered the Utrams and the Fugitoid. But we'll get to that in the next issue. Uh, It's hitting the fan, Jeff. It is. really is. Uh, We're getting to see what kind of character Leatherhead actually is, where we're getting some real backstory on uh, where Shirelle falls into this this, this Utram story. I love that they're actually treating him as a as a character and not just the shredder in a, you know, in, in a man, in a man suit. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the leveraging the evilness of that character is kind of perfect. Yeah. For this, this IDW run uh, and for, for him to be a liability and he's not even woken up yet says a lot. It really does. What'd you think of this issue? Man, just like, I'm like, no, it's like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. It's like, uh, like, uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you? You can tell who the villain is. <laughs> it's not hard. And I was like, you're not going to fool us. I see that shadow. I know it's this guy. I know his backstory, you know, um, yep. more or less. Um, that was just, ooh, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, continuing to build and build. Like, it's just one, it's like one of the greatest, I don't want to say soap operas. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. That's basically what it is, though. Yeah. Oh, and that was Raphael, not Michelangelo. Okay. 
but but yeah, it's it's it is basically a a, a nerd soap opera. Uh, and the the beauty of it is, is they're able to pull from familiar roots, unlike a soap opera that's just like we're gonna make this stuff up as we go. And if it's bonkers, people will just forget about it in six months. Like this series knows its roots and pays homage to it on every single issue. Yeah. Probably the most disturbing thing besides the dead Utrom was was seeing the Fugitoid just decimated like freaking C-3PO. Like, (laughs) yeah, it just it hurt. I was like, oh, man, no, not my boy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I love the fact that the Fugitoid is a robot. Like, it allows for things like this. Uh, any nuggets? Uh, well, we, well, it's not really a, a nugget per se, but uh, in in the opening, uh, we get to see the Tetradrome, you know, uh, on the island, which is you know really nice. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is that is where they're hanging out. So yeah. That makes sense. It gave me the just, uh, it just gave me the willies seeing Shrell. It's it, it's so ominous, man. It, they do such a r- really good job of framing that character as such a threat. Yeah. And, and and to this point, he hasn't said anything. You didn't have to. I'm like, we know what's up. <laughs> Let's move on to 58. We got to We got to keep this rolling. Keep it going. Uh, we get a lot of backstory about Sherelle and the Utrams and, and the you know politics behind who's good and who's bad and why we're still keeping him in stasis. Uh, Leatherhead shows up and he's like, yo, bro, I'm hurt. Look at all this blood in my on my arm. Uh, your brothers. Hey, Michelangelo, your brothers said they need your help. You should go to them. And so he he, of course, leaves and uh, they head back. And, and he, you know, he goes to help the the rock soldiers come back and Leatherhead gives more of his backstory talking about how he was tortured by uh, Krang and the rock soldiers and how he's actually a bad guy. Uh, apparently, the blood on his uh, hands was not his blood. He's not injured. And things are going to get really bad because Leatherhead is a big dude. Uh Let's see. <laughs> Just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> Does not apply to this. Yeah. His like his ultimate goal is to get off of the island and get to New York City. Uh, he's he's done with being on the island. He wants to be out of there. And he feels like the turtles and the the Utrams owe him that much because they helped save Donatello. Yeah. Now. He he uses his pure strength to overcome Donatello and demand that he turn on the the portal and allow him to escape through the portal. There's a there's a whole bunch of battles, but ultimately he says, "I'm going to New York. You're you can come with me. Whatever." And he gets there, jumps in the ocean, and or jumps yeah jumps into the river or like the Hudson, and it disappears. Ultimately winning the battle, the turtles, the, the only turtle still at Burno Island is Donatello, presumably to help clean everything up. The other three are in New York City. They head back to the to the foot headquarters because right now Splinter is the 
head of the Foot Clan, and they show up just in time to see an all-out brawl between Kitsune, Jenica, and Alopex. Completely unexplained. So, surprise, this story has just gotten more off the rails. Absolutely. What'd you think? It's just It just continues to build and build, man. <laughs> you know, I just... There's there's so much stuff going on. Um, you know, there's that whole, like... I don't want to say, like, the, the thing type thing. Storytelling, like, who's, you know, who's behind this. I'm like, dude, I know. The giant freaking alligator up in here, man. Taken out. I was like, oh, he's conveniently not around when, you know, that happens. I mean, come on. I, 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 we, we know the deal. I think it's funny that you're, you're, the, you, re, the story trope that you're referring to is a whodunit, and your point of reference is the thing. I mean, look, you've got to go with a classic. I know, but I, I don't. I don't think of that as like the stereotypical who done it. <laughs> oh well, okay. Tim Cur, uh, Tim Curry's the Clue. Is that okay, is okay, that more... that is, that's better. Yes, not that not okay. that either movie is bad. Like I love the thing. That's that's not me condemning the yeah. movie. It's just it's a weird pull. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, it's all it's the breathing apparatuses, and you know. All that stuff and like, oh, there's blood and like, you know, the suspense know. and the science fiction nature of it. I, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. 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 I, I love that Le- that Leatherhead, he's conniving. He put together a plan. He executed it to a T, got exactly what he wanted and disappeared into the night. Yeah. It, it, it just shows that he is a. He's as smart as he's always been in the comics, as smart as he was in 2K3. He is as big and as, uh, like, threatening as he should be as a giant alligator or giant crocodile. Like, this is – it's our leatherhead. It's our leatherhead, right? The only real difference is his allegiance, and that has always kind of fluctuated throughout the character's history, so – Everything is kind of on the table with this dude and him being his own his own party. Like he's not working for anybody. He's just he's a loose cannon out there now and there's so much they can do with him. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. As do I. Any nuggets for issue 58? Yeah, 58. Let's see here. I mean, not really cuz they're just, you know, in the tenant room. <laughs> that's true <laughs> they're just in the technodrome i mean there's uh, just not you know there's no pop culture stuff in there uh, yeah I, I i like how the issue ends like yeah. you 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 look at the story that they've been telling for three issues and you're like okay well that's a nice little you know it, everyone is safe leatherhead got away but this is, we're just gonna button up this story no big deal and boom you hit the end of it and it's a enormous cliffhanger for the next month. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. So it's really nice. Yeah. You ready for 59? Indeed. Okay. Okay. So this one kind of jumps back in time and explains how we got to that, that panel where Kitsune is about to stab the splinter. Uh, 
Uh, we go to uh, conversations with Jenica and conversations with, uh, with with Kitsune. Basically, Splinter making his rounds, trying to, I guess, get to know people's motivations and intentions, and uh, trying to find out where this this godlike Kitsune character sits. You know, in the pantheon of of, uh, of you know what's going to happen, and very quickly we find out that she's up to no good and she is mind controlling uh Alopex. April and and uh Angel, April and Angel are working with the, the like the foot archives trying to learn as much as they can about the pantheon uh and trying to f- basically figure out where to go from here. Jenica has her allegiance is completely to the to, to Splinter at this point. Uh but she's really caught in the crossfire of a much bigger fight as Kitsune uses her mind control uh, powers to not only take over Alopex, but a bunch of foot soldiers, foot foot ninjas. Uh, and that is kind of where the story turns. There's a big battle between Splinter, a bunch of foot ninjas and Jenica, uh, which leads us directly into that like that big panel we saw at the end of the previous issue. Uh, so the story is literally not progressed a single bit from the end of the previous issue. All we have is context, which I could see it being frustrating, but I absolutely love this story method, storytelling method. You know, we're going to show you the, the story hitting the fan. And then the entire next issue is explaining how it got there. I I loved this one. What about you? Yeah, I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh they did change artists on this one. Uh instead of it being Santa Loco, it was Dave David Wachter. Dave Wachter. Uh I don't like his art as much. Specifically the turtles. Like everything else, every other character looks fine. The turtles look kind of weird. Yeah, they look a bit puffy. Yeah. Uh, but it's by far it like it, it's it's far from the worst art that we've seen in this series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially for an issue that turtles are barely in. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm just like flipping through and I'm like, where are turtles at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, going to be the hashtag for like, where are turtles at? Where are turtles hashtag. at? Yeah, that's that's the new hashtag. Everybody use that. Yeah. Th- this one. Splinter is very much the Splinter and Jenica are very much the star of this issue. And we are seeing Jenica take a more central role to the story. Yeah. Which uh, obviously her character does become much, much more important later on, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, What do you, what'd you think about the use of Alapex as the next you know, mind controlled character. It hurts. It hurts. Cause I like her so much. And hasn't she just, been through enough? Uh, seriously. Like <laughs> she really has. And like when she goes full, like, rawr, I was like, uh, uh-uh, no, put them fangs away. <laughs> I was like, don't go creepy, uh, thriller eyes on me. Just no, just, just, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. I, I I hate to use this analogy, but like she doesn't get taken off her leash very often. Yeah. But oh no, I know I get it. No, it, no, 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 that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but 
like when she's just given carte blanche to do what she's capable of, and that is typically when she's in a in a quote unquote bad guy role, she is fierce. Man, it just cage a wild animal or yep. let it loose. I mean, either way. Um, yeah, she's she is an absolute beast. Beast in mode. more ways than one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, you got anything else for fifty nine? We're trucking through these babes. Uh, not really. I mean, the arts. Uh, we get some really good action beats. I, I really like uh, the panel um, where you see Kitsune with uh, Alapex and all the Foot Ninja. Uh, that's a great splash page. Um, yeah. And then the next panel over is just Splinter just going full ham on the Foot Ninja. I was like, oh, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, I, I really like that two that two page like uh, spread with the panels across the top, then the 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 collage in the middle of Splinter just wasting Foot Ninjas, and then there's more panels at the bottom. Like that that is that's a stunning sequence. It really is, and it's not really something that you typically get to see. Now, you know, granted, I haven't read a ton of like updated comics and stuff, but I don't, I don't see them going out of the box with some of this, you know, with the stuff. Like, I don't think you'd see this in Marvel or DC. Uh, uh, now, yeah, I can't, I can't speak to that, but I can be wrong because <laughs> you know I haven't been keeping up with the stuff, but it definitely is. It, it's got a despise. <laughs> How do what do they call it in Dune? It's like ah, it's the spice melange. Oh man, this spice I, melange. Yeah, not Issue really any sixty. No nuggets. So there's a short Kitsune thing that's in a different art style, but we're gonna jump directly to Splinter being stabbed. Uh, so the turtles are yelling no, and uh. Then an all-out melee breaks out. Uh, the, the the turtles uh, attack Kitsune and the the, the leftover foot uh, foot ninja that, that are there that are being controlled. And one by one, Kitsune mind controls the turtles that she has never controlled before. Uh, that is Raphael, Michelangelo. Uh, she's not able to get Leonardo. Apparently, he's learned his lesson. He's uh, learned to control his mind in ways that she's not able to uh, overcome. Uh, then there's uh, a, a nice sequence with Alopex and Jenica. Uh, we see April in the archives of the Foot Clan. She's uh, approached by Akka, Akka, uh, one of the Pantheon members, the one that is a bird lady. And she gives her a magic quill, magic feather, uh, and says, you need to return. Splinter needs your help. And uh, then we cut back to the, to the fight, and it's, it's, it's just that, an ongoing fight. Uh, Donatello shows up and Kitsune is like, aha, I can control you too. So she's just pitting all of our, all of our, our good guy buddies against each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the, the, the whole crux of this battle. Uh, at the end, April walks in the room, uses, uses the magic feather to basically depower Kitsune. She then morphs into a fox and runs out of the room. So, uh, Aka Aka was like, this needs to be, this needs to stop, but I can't intervene, you know, one on one. April, you need to do it for me, and that's what happens. Uh, the Rat King 
sees this and he's like, aha, so you're you are in the game. Aka, ha ha ha. We then find out what Kitsune's uh, overall mission was, and that was to get the Shredder's head. Because uh, his his head and his 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 helmet were at the you know the Foot Clan headquarters, she got the helmet but did not get the head. Splinter was storing those in two different places, so she did. Unlike Leatherhead, she did not complete her mission. Uh, we also learned that Alapex has run off. Uh, there's a lot of kitschy tropes in this one that I'm not a huge fan of. But there is good action, so I guess that kind of makes up for it. Um, uh, you know, the whole, oh no, the bad guy's mind-controlling all the good guys thing is kind of well-worn territory at this point. Yeah. And that being the what you're hanging this entire fight on seems a bit weak. But they, they, they got the job done. What, what would you think? Yeah, it is... It is a very well-treaded trope um, that gets used in a lot of stories. Um, I don't mind it, you know, because it's I've I guess because I've seen so much of it throughout so many different you know forms of media, um, whether it be best friend against best friend, brother against brother, you know, so on and and so forth. Um, it effectively, you know gets the job done it makes you feel like oh snap is this permanent is it you know of course they could have gone a different direction you know and then of course in leonardo's sense it made him evil for you know a good chunk yeah um but it's nice to see that it really didn't have any effect on him or splinter uh, because they've trained their mind so that's that's always something that's uh, fascinating to me especially like in batman stories like if there's something that, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to make him spill his guts. I'm like, nope. It's freaking Batman. <laughs> he trains his body as well as his mind, you know. Batman um, had prep time. He's not going to be able to – you're not going to be able to defeat him. Exactly. Always has prep time. He's always ready. As as I said, they were very much setting up two or three things at the end of this. Uh, one of them is, the, you know, Alapex running off and – it's you know more pantheon stuff with the 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 goddish characters and establishing that kitsune needs the shredder's head like his his skull for something yeah it's you not know? an ashtray or something from you know arts and crafts it's like it's nothing like that yeah yeah no it's the, the, they're putting in the groundwork for something here and the action sequences and the execution is good enough to really give all of the tropes and and predictable stuff a pass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of like these little mini arcs, like the, these three issue arcs. They really get to the point. I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I need to go back to the trades and look how they package these in the trades, because... If they broke these up, I don't know if it would read that well in, in like a five issue trade, you know? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We get some interesting stuff. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say what you got. <laughs> uh, well, the uh, Mikey's grappling hook is back and using it in a way that you would not see on Saturday morning TV. 
<laughs> like strangling Katsune. I was like, oh man, he's don't make him angry. Yeah, don't stab his dad. Yeah. Um, I like how in a lot of scenes it was like, how do we snap the turtles out of it? Vulcan nerve pinch. <laughs> For the yeah. win. Every time. Every time. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and it and they did that in the two K twelve, like when it like like when Raphael would screw up and just like Splinter would like pinch that nerve. He's like, Good job, everybody <laughs> <laughs> I just I love those little touches. You know, it's just just makes it that's one of my favorite splinters too, by the way. He's he's just really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like it's I'm curious to our listeners when you read any of these books, which like voice of Splinter do you hear in your head? Like, is it the 80s, the 2003, the 2012? You know, let us know when we post uh, this this uh, this week's episode. I'm that's, curious. That's a, OK. That's a really good question. Like, what is uh, what's yours? It's it it swaps up like sometimes it'll be the 80s, sometimes it'll be 2K3, sometimes it'll be 12. Awesome. Um, so a non-answer. Hey, look, <laughs> it's like whatever, like because like I'll go a little bit of time without listening to. So like we just got done with 2K12, uh, 2K3. Mm-hmm. Watch. So I've I've been hearing that that splinter. Um, so. in, in my mind, it's always 2K12. Okay. It's, it's always the Nickelodeon one. I don't know why. I think of the three, he has the most distinctly fathery, fa- fatherish voice. Yeah. And he was just freaking awesome. Yeah. So well, I don't know. I don't know. I, and that's not like a he's the best one. I, I don't I don't know. That's just where my brain goes. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not the, you know, the half of Splinter version from <laughs> The third movie. <laughs> no. Oh, hi, guys. I was like, oh, what? She's not saying a whole lot. <sighs> so let's move on to what are we on? 61 now? So. Yeah, we're on issue 61. And the Street Phantoms are back. We start with the Street Phantoms. They're like stealing some stuff. Uh, then we find out that uh, what they're stealing is actually just Donatello in the back of a truck. Uh, he has got some goggles on, obviously some experimental equipment that he's trying to use to fight the phantoms and there, and he's ambushing them. Uh, they find a way to, uh, counteract their, their, their phantom cloaks. And then the street phantoms have like a EMP thing and they get away. So it's basically just a science experiment in the back of a truck on the street, him and angel trying to figure out how they're going to beat these guys. Leonardo and Jenica, are sparring uh, after, of course, the big fight. Uh, he is impressed with her her improvement, and he kind of has words of uh, encouragement. There's a big family meeting, which has the whole Turtles family, Casey, April, uh, Angel, Jenica, Splinter. There's some pizza, which that was nice to see. Yeah. Then Splinter basically th- throws the gauntlet down and says, look, we're the Foot Clan. We can't be playing around with our enemies anymore. We have to be much more vi- vigilant and take the ac- you know actions to actually defeat them. 
Uh, April talks about the Pantheon. Uh, Raphael and Angel are basically they're recruited to go look for Alopex because she, you know, fled after the previous issue. Splinter is basically putting all of his chess pieces in place uh, for the impending battle with businessman and gangster Darius Dunn. We don't get all the details as to what is going to go down, but he is very clear that they are going to get aggressive. That does not make Michelangelo happy because he thought, you know, again, he, he thought, aren't we supposed to be done with this? Like, we don't go looking for a fight. That's not who we are. That's not our heart. That kind of stuff. Uh, April and Casey share an awkward moment. And Splinter has a conversation with Casey about the purple dragons and basically says, get them ready. I'll let you know when I need you. That kind of stuff. The last scene we have is Harold inspecting some, some, some uh, street phantoms cloaks. And then he's attacked in his, in in his uh in his lab and presumably knocked out so again the, the the first of a trilogy of issues and a lot happens there's a lot of exposition there's a lot of explanation as to where splinter's character is at and i feel like that is kind of the crux of these three issues is who splinter has become uh especially in the context of the family of the ninja turtles uh what did you how did you interpret that it definitely like i don't want to say it's shocking or jarring but it's you know kind of like that 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 old saying that you become the most like the company that you keep so like if you're you know if you've got friends that are jerks just for the shell of it you kind of start becoming that way but but when you kind of start distancing yourself from like toxic people or whatever, you know, you kind of even out or whatever. It it feels like that with Splinter. Like he's just he's changing into to 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 someone different that we're, you know, that we're not used to. And so I think that it's an interesting uh change. Um cuz you know, not to say that he's not a he's not a boring character, but it's it's a much needed shift, I think, in in his character that we are always kind of used to seeing from, whether it be whatever iteration. Um, we've seen him be, you know, kind of one way, and then of course when you get to Rise, he's just, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and then to this, it's going from training you know, four ninjas to an entire clan. And he has to, and he has to be a certain way for them that he can't be the same that he was with the turtles with the foot clan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and oddly enough, like this being the first arc where he's really just the leader of the foot clan, it answers a lot of questions for me that, come up when you tell his initial backstory he's regardless of how his backstory starts he's either a rat or a a human both of those backstories include him learning ninjutsu from the foot clan right Mm -hmm. 
And it's never really stated that the Foot Clan is a clan of good dudes. It's a clan of ninjas who historically aren't good dudes. You know, so it begs the question. If he was in the foot when he was hanging out with the Shredder and they were best buds, like. It's reasonable to say that Splinter wasn't a good dude. He became a good dude when he became a father. Yeah. And he was able to teach the principles of honor and the good things about ninjutsu to his children and indoctrinate them with values that he picked up because he's a father. But when you boil it down to the essence of this is a ninja master who was ripped away from his his clan, putting him back in charge of them. Of course, he's just going to go. He's going to fall back into what he's supposed to in that role. So that's what he's doing here. It's it's a very refreshing take on Splinter. It shows him as a human. Of course, he's a rat, but it shows his humanity. It shows where he came from and his roots and how he has become a better person through fatherhood, but then falls back on what he's always known when he has to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really the best character development we've probably ever gotten out of the splinter character, even though he's objectively a bad dude now. Yeah, I will agree. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a fantastic arc, and I do have some issues with the next issue. We will get that get we'll get there. Not this not the next one, but the 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 third one in this 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 bunch here. Uh, But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, Michelangelo sticking to his guns. Yeah, I love that. And I know you love that. I do, too. I mean, because I don't agree with any of this either. Yeah, like I I feel like it's, you know, because, you know, there's no secret to our listeners that he's my favorite turtle and always relying on him to be the jokey one, you know, all that other stuff. It, it's a tired trope like he can be funny. He can be serious. And when they I had no expectations going into these stories or in, any of this run. Because, like, you know, you would hear varying things. Oh, it's not good or blah, blah, blah or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, let me just read for myself and make my own decision, which is what I do nine times out of ten. And when we get this shift in in his character, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I could despise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 heartbreaking to see what he's going through and having to make the decision of like, okay, well I'm just not going to be around my family. And Mm -hmm. it's the, the core of turtles is, you know, it has been about family, but it's never really been a, a, a focus as heavy as this, which is what I want to see in future, you know, animated form, which we might, we might get something like that. You know, in Mutant Mayhem, I, I'm hearing some things that it's emotional, so it'll yeah. be nice. But I don't know if it'll be as heavy as this. But yeah, yeah. You know, my heart is breaking for Mikey because it's like I want to be with my family, but I can't be around my family. And there's so many people that probably identify with this. Oh, 100 um, yeah. percent. Like so many people 
I would probably say the majority of people have that almost breaking point in their life where they realize that their parents are human. Yeah. You know, growing up, your parents are they're, you know, they're flawless. They're how you model your your entire life. But there's that there's that turn where they're not different people from what you remember. You just see them for what they are. And that is their humanity. Yeah. And Michelangelo is very much seeing that in this book. Yeah. And you're right. It's it's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh. I mean, he brought pizza for everybody and a special, <laughs> yeah. a special thing for Master Splinter. I was like, hey, here's one of your, what does it say? Antipasto. And, antipasto. I don't know how to say that. Antipasto. Antipasto. However you say it, I can say it right. Yeah. Uh, don't crucify us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to say things wrong. Um, Let's move on to issue 62. Uh, it kicks off with, in short, Casey Jones approaching the purple dragons saying, Hey, I lead you now. And him having to prove himself by just beating the crap out of them. Uh, April and Donatello, they're still kind of researching the, the, the Pantheon stuff. And we, we get some shots with Darius Dunn, who has of course kidnapped Harold and brought him to his compound to quote unquote negotiate. Michelangelo is at their 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 little church lair eating pizza with Raphael and uh oh what's his name eh, Rupert not Rupert Woody yeah Woody's there eating pizza and uh, there's a real deep conversation between Raph and Michelangelo about the the direction of the family Donatello goes to Harold's uh. Donatello goes to Harold's lab, uh, watches some security footage and sees what happens to Harold. And we then get to see, hey, Harold had a wife. She's a redheaded scientist who he is very bitter about because he feels that she stole his his ideas and all of his work and now is making money off of it. We get to learn uh, who Darius Dunn is, where he came from, why he uh, is, is so obsessed with becoming a we're being at the forefront of scientific discovery. He's he's a he's a big dude. He's a strong dude. He's he has kind of a kingpin vibe. Uh-huh. Uh, and Donatello then comes back and says, "Hey, um, the Herald is has been kidnapped by the street 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 phantoms. Bad. Th- that's bad." Uh, and Harold's wife, her name. What's her name? I cannot remember. I don't think it's said in this book, uh, but she's referred to as the inventor. Uh, we close the book with Splinter very much preparing to destroy the street phantoms. Uh, basically, we, we know that things are about to get really bad. Really, really bad. Uh, what'd you think of this one? I mean, I've said about all the other ones, you know, it's just, it just is just building and building and building. And, um, there's a lot of heartfelt moments. Uh, there's some heartfelt moments in here. There's some intense uh, stuff going on. Uh, you know, Harold's gone. That's shaking up Donatello to his core. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we find out why later. Um, I, I love that, you know, we, we get more. You know, Casey hasn't been around a whole lot. 
Right. Right. The, the last we really saw of him was in the Casey and April uh, mini. Yeah. And he's pretty quiet. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I get it's your typical like, you know, because, you know, he and April broke up. And I was like, I love you, but I can't be with you to protect you. It's, you, you know, typical hero stuff. Yeah, and and he lifts right out of the story because he doesn't outside of his friendship with the turtles, he doesn't really have skin in the game here. Yeah, uh, Hun is 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 not on the table right now. So yeah, that kind of surprised me. Yeah, uh, I was like, oh wait, where's the big guy? Yeah, and and he's and he kind of gets brought into this this scuffle by Splinter. Yeah, yeah, so. If it was up to Casey, he would just be chilling at April's parents' house. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with with Rob Paulson and April's mom. <laughs> yeah, because he looks just like Rob Paulson. I'm some serious folks. Go and look. Uh, I I am astonished that they spent three whole pages on Darius Dunn's like motivations and backstory. Yeah, I really like. I really like the Darius Dunn character and I like the uh, Phantoms a lot. Aren't they, weren't they in fast forward? Yes, they were kind of. Um, so, you know, it's just really, really cool. Um, the, the, one of the characters, uh, jammer kind of reminds me of, uh, mega vault from the uh, red sky series of the original cartoon a little bit. And a little bit like Darth Vader. <laughs> if you say so. Or Sub-Zero. <laughs> and maybe with a little bit of Robocop thrown in there. If Robocop was evil. I'm mashing up all the cultures here, folks. You, you really are. You know, I'm all over the place today. What else you got for number 62? Because 63 is a banger. Um, Probably the, the, the pinnacle moment of this issue is the talk that Raphael was having with Mikey. Mm, yes. And it just, these little brotherly moments, I think, you know, as, as hard as Raphael is on Mikey, you know, it's like, it's older brother, younger brother, you know, thing. and it made me a little teary. Nice. You know, cause he's, you know, I was like, ah, oh, man, don't make me feel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it's it's again, it's like, you know, everything that Mikey's dealing with, you know, he's like, I want to be by myself. And again, there's there there are many of us out there that have felt that way, um, dealing with whatever issues you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, Only to have an older sibling come around like, hey, look, you know, we really we really need you and miss you. And it just, you know, it, it tugs on your heartstrings. Issue 63, Jeff. 63. Uh, so the, the foot are preparing to go to war with the uh, the Duns. And uh, there's you know com- conversations about why we're doing this. Should we do it? Is there a way out of this? And the answer is no. Now, now that Harold is kidnapped, there is no uh, you know escape pod for the turtles to leave in. Uh, they can't if if this was just the Foot Clan versus Darius Dunn's people, I feel like the Turtles would 
be okay with walking away and saying, this is dad, this is your thing. We have, we don't need to have anything to do with this, but they can't. Harold is there. Uh, speaking of Harold, he is, uh, he, he is, you know, now talking to his ex-wife and they're arguing and we're getting a lot of backstory as to whose fault was what and why she left and who misses whom. And Darius Dunn comes in and offers him a job, uh, by threatening him, of course, it's not really a job offer, more like a you're going to work for me now, me now offer. Uh, Splinter's making the final preparations. Darius Dunn uh, continues to badger Harold to the point that uh, he 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 no longer is offering him a job and he just straight up says, no, this was never a negotiation. Harold reveals that he has a basically a flash bomb attached to his glasses and blinds everyone in the room and runs away. He's trying to escape the facility. Darius Dunn is like, go get him, kill him, blah, 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 blah. The turtles and Splinter are approaching the Dunn building and they are attacked by some uh, some of his uh, minions uh, outside of the building. We learn that Donatello has a bulletproof shell now, uh, which is really cool. Uh, we also learned out, learned that Libby has built a mech suit and that she has switched sides uh, and she is now fighting with her ex-husband uh, to kind of win him back and, and, and see what they can do together again. Uh, the turtles are kind of getting overwhelmed. The turtles and uh, Angel are kind of getting overwhelmed by the, the, the Dunn squad outside. But it's fine. The purple dragons are here. They're all wearing hockey masks with a purple dragon on them. Uh, in, of course, because Casey Jones is now their leader. And they have now entered the fray to help with Splinter's plan. This was the uh, the thing that he pulled Casey aside to, to tell him. Uh, so this is really the uh, the buildup for the big grand finale next issue. I like how much development we got of the Herald character. So much development. This yeah. Just like, you know, crazy guy in his basement. Yeah. Yeah. So much of his kookiness and his anger and his bitterness makes so much sense. Now that we know Libby's character and what she did to him and what he refused to do for her. Yeah. You know, like she wanted to go bigger, have the funding. She, she had much bigger aspirations and he was kind of a, like a hippie scientist. So it's, it's really cool that, that, this character that was just kind of thrown into our lives in the Donatello mini in or Donatello micro series years before this is now getting a proper fleshing out. Yeah. Like I really, really like his character like a lot. Like it, I don't know why I thought this, but like at some point I was like, wait a minute. Like the future toys, like it's his, you know, own self-contained character. And I keep looking at him like, is he going to end up fusing his brain with the future toy? I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, (laughs) am I jumping the gun on that? Or am I, am I weird out of the box thinking for that? But I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. No, no, as you said, if we didn't already have a future toy, I could totally see how that would be a viable, like future for the Herald character, but we already have a fugitoid. Um, 
I I like the uh, the uh, flash uh, flash attack uh, bomb or whatever flash mechanism in his glasses. That was like, you know, I'm a scientist, and you know, an awful lot of us get kidnapped every year uh, by <laughs> whatever crazy tyrannical, you know, yeah, like Harold's character. It's very much in line with his character because he is very much a paranoid hermit guy who's like, leave me alone. Yeah. You know, so so having, you know, a way out of every situation attached to his face at all times is on brand. Oh, yeah. It's it's really cool. I really like that a lot. Yeah. And he's sassy. Oh, my God, is he sassy? Just man. I mean, that's it's it's for his age. He he got time for none of that nonsense, man. I mean, I get it. Like you get a lot of a lot of smart people have that uh, that sass. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harold really shines in this episode. Episode. He he shines in this issue. Yeah, I you know, and something I didn't see coming at the end of the issue was the uh, you know uh, the purple Casey's. Like purple I knew Jones. he. Purple, I, I I knew he Jones. was going to show up. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the the Joneses, uh, the Joneses are back. Yeah, uh, I I knew he was going to show up with the Purple Dragons. Like that's that's a really easy thing to predict. But to have them basically rebranded as this hockey mask wearing vigilante team, yeah, is cool. It really is. Hmm. Well, anything else before we move on to the grand finale of this run or of this this <laughs> this group? I'm good. Okay. The, uh, uh, issue 64. A lot of stuff happens, but most of it is not of any consequence. Uh, most of what we're really looking at here is the outcome of the big fight, right? Most of this book is a action sequence. Uh, it opens with the turtles and the, the, the Casey Joneses uh, fighting all of the Dunn men and, the turtles make it into the building with with Angel, Harold, and Libby are, you know, they finally come to terms with their relationship and, you know, where everything should go from here. And they decide, you know what, we're going to get out of here together. Darius Dunn says, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to kill anyone that I need to, blah, 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 blah. Uh, fight sequence on a staircase. I And I don't mean to you know, to undersell it. All of this, this fight sequencing is really, really nice, but it's just that it, it doesn't carry much, much gravity to it. Uh, Libby is kind of cut slash stabbed. Uh, and Harold tends to her wounds and angel, uh, takes care of the person who stabbed her. And then we learn that Harold wants nothing to do with the turtles anymore because ever since they entered his life, chaos has reigned. Uh, Darius Dunn took out a bunch of foot soldiers, went one-on-one with Splinter, and was very soundly defeated very quickly. Uh, he, he he gives Dunn the opportunity sur- to surrender. He does not, and then orders Jenica to murder him through the chest with her little finger claw things. The turtles are rightfully 
disturbed by this, Michelangelo immediately leaves. Leonardo unmasks Jenica and immediately speaks with with Splinter. Like, what are you doing? This is wrong. We aren't these people. Uh, And this is really the moment where the turtles turn on Splinter, right? Not necessarily turn on him and like fight him, but just just they are not down with what he is doing and they obviously feel like they should remove themselves from the situation. Splinter has Splinter's done exactly what he said he was going to do to the, to the uh, street phantoms and spared their lives to basically spread the word. We are not to be trifled with the, the, the one thing in this, this, this last few moments of the book that stand out is Splinter states that his actions are purposely done to drive his children away from him, like almost in a, in a, in an attempt to keep them safe. Right. Uh, telling Leonardo that you're the leader. Now you're basically the sensei do what you have to do. And I don't buy it. So I'm I'm just going to jump directly into my, my critique here. I don't buy it. You know, all of this, this, the theatrics of establishing yourself as the premier gang in New York. You don't do that just to drive your children away. Yeah. You may see that as a, you know, a byproduct and possibly even a benefit of it. You know, you've raised pretty solid children here that know what you're doing is wrong. And he knows that. But that seems like a cop out to me. And maybe they're writing it to be a cop out. Maybe they're they're putting this flimsy premise on Splinter to make it easier for him to deal with what he is doing to his family. But. Ultimately, I feel like this is just who his character is. He's a clan leader. He has been for hundreds of years. So we shouldn't be surprised at who he's become. The turtles are justifiably surprised. So of all four of these books in this, you know, Darius Dunn, you know, chunk of of story, that's really the only moment where 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 I'm kind of balking at what they're trying to pitch me. What about you? It see, I didn't see any of this coming. You know, I didn't see like, I certainly didn't see him killing Don. I was like, this is a, I was like, Oh, we go to this, all this trouble to set up a, a backstory. And then you get all this other stuff. And it's like, Oh, he day. Yeah, but the, but like you say, you were surprised, and and I I take that at face value. But the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Like they have been hinting at this outcome for several issues. I mean, he tried to reason with them, and he wouldn't. And so I guess you know, I was like, oh, here's the next course, you know, because like when I'm reading this, I'm like seeing it, and I was like, oh snap, I looked too quick. And I was like, oh, he's shish kebab. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like seeing Splinter, you know, be this way, like I get it. It's like asserting dominance over the enemy. Like, you know, we are the premier, you know, it's kind of like the the whole city at war thing. Everybody, all the gangs in the city were vying for control because he had, you know, pretty much up to that point controlled it. So 
maybe he's acting this way to you know to circumvent another city at war i just just you know you just when you're reading this and you're going through these issues and you're just seeing the conflict between the turtles and splinter and you're and especially mikey he's like ah, no nah, this is this is not what i signed up for you know and it's like we always kind of tend to forget like the very first issue of ninja turtles splinter sent Raphael to you know deliver a message to the shredders like i'm i'm going to we're going to kill you <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not this little, you know, watered down. It's like we're legit going to kill you. It's revenge. <laughs> this might be a bit morbid, but I'm so glad they killed some characters. Yeah. And and because you, you know how I feel about like deaths in comic books, like, yeah, kill characters, leave them dead, make their deaths matter, make make their story arts arcs matter. And Darius Dunn like is very much a done. He's 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 absolutely done. And his his story arc, while cool, he is a he was a tool to get the turtles and Splinter to be, you know, at at, at odds. That's yeah. what that's what his character was there for. He played the part extremely well and it's kind of springboards the the whole story into you know where where we're going where the story's going into issue 75 you know yeah so i i love it i i i love almost everything about all of the nine issues we read outside of you know a few things here and there and i i cannot wait till we do these again i cannot wait oh same here um, any final any final thoughts before we wrap this up? This it just the IDW run just continues to be exceptional with heart, humor, action, storytelling, um, and just kind of interweaving, you know, a smattering of other different iterations like here and there. Like, hey, let's use this trope. Okay, let's use this. Let's change this a little bit. You know, from another version and. I, I, I love seeing that. I love that it also subverts your expectations. Because uh, I tried to go into this with no expectations. And it just pleasantly surprised surprised me. Um, you know, just the art. It It is different. I don't dislike it. But I, I, I hope we're getting to more Sophie Campbell art soon. I wouldn't hold your breath, buddy. Oh. <laughs> I don't think she does any other issues. I don't. I don't think. I, I like. I could be wrong. Maybe there's like a one-off in in the the uh, universe run, but I don't think so. Mm. Uh. But yeah, yeah. I I I wish I had a more you know nuanced critique of these books other than man, those are really good, but that that's, that's really what there is to say mm-hmm. about the IDW run, especially at this point, like it's firing at all cylinders. Like I, I can say confidently books one through 100 are must read for all turtles fans. Yeah. You know, after 100 it's hit or miss. It definitely has an audience, 
and has a direction, but one through one hundred is universally seen as fantastic. Yeah, and we're we're what that was was the last one we were at sixty three, so we're just we're not even three fourths of the way through. Yeah. Uh, but that that'll do it for for our main topic, Jeff. Yeah. Y- yippee. What's Huzzah. next? Next time on the Shellheads. <laughs> Forget what show you're recording. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I was uh, trying to think of a clever <clears throat> Krang speak, but I'm like, I got uh, the tank's empty. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, it's going to be episode 119, and it is Ooh. a secret. Ooh. A secret. Uh, we are officially three episodes away from our coverage of Mutant Mayhem. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. To hear you rubbing your hands together in excitement. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. Me too. Um, but between now and then, Jeff, what are you going to be up to? Well, Sergio, I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and now Threads. Uh, if you're not already following us on all of our socials, please do so. We're so close to 50 subscribers on Twitch, and I I will live stream every week. Um, and you know when the Usagi uh, DLC comes out for um, Shredder's Revenge, we will uh, probably do a live event. Uh, so you could uh, chat with the Shellheads as we play. So that'll be fun. We'll have to figure that out. Um, but, uh, you know, we do birthday parties, tournaments, events, retro game restoration. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff. Modern, retro, a lot of things to enjoy in the Warp Zone Arcade. So if you are in the Mississippi area and are absolutely bored to tears with nothing to do, we've got you covered uh, with tons and tons and tons of games to play. Um, so please check us out. Yeah. So yeah, check out Jeff's stuff. Um, I, yes, I have, please do. I, I have more. I have announcements coming soon, but we're not going to talk about that. We're running short on time. Uh, thank and you. For time watching. on short. <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, we, this, the Shellheads podcast, uh, Je- Jeff, you, uh, what am I doing? This isn't how we end any of these. Oh, no. And we're Shellheads. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me.
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you.